If you've been looking for someone that talks about youth sports in the DMV, from basketball to football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, and softball, you've found it. We are the authority. We are the authority. This is the AC Sports Report. There's a thriving community of youth sports in the DMV, and we cover it all. From interviews to game reports to player scouting, public and private schools, and we even cover the college recruiting process. This is the AC Sports Report, and here's your host, John Miller. I have Coach Tiny Adams the assistant basketball coach for Loyola University of Maryland's men's basketball team. Coach Adams, thanks for coming. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. So I was introduced to you over the summer at the Bethel League's Summer Women's Basketball League mm-hmm. at Concordia Prep. And mm-hmm. I got to say, you can play some basketball. I did okay. You know, I came out of retirement. I've been in retirement for a few years now, so it was good to kind of get back out there. Um, I also... uh kind of commentated the championship game so uh you know thanks to the Bethel League I got to kind of touch back into my New York roots and get some you know quote-unquote street ball and some commentating so it was a great experience so hold on that was uh wireless mic out on the court during the game playing it over the PA system that's New York style right yeah definitely on the court in the air the person with the ball trying to get the crowd into it like it was great it was awesome I mean the girls came and they brought it in we had a lot of pros in the building that day so it was a great game now when you were doing the commentary I could have swear I saw you try to steal the ball once or twice is that, just, <laughs> is that hard not to do out there no 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 like I said I'm retired now so I try to play as least as possible so you know let the younger ones kind of do what they do but I had to show them that you know coach tiny still has a little bit in her tank so you're retired from playing but you're not retired from coaching hence the loyal university all. not at all can we go back to where where you started so did you play in high school so yeah I played at James Madison High School um, I started playing at the age of seven uh, actually fell in love with the game in my grandmother's backyard and since then I just kind of fell in love with it so through high school at James Madison I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to Morgan State which is kind of down the road. And, you know, from there I went on to play professionally. And then I came back, got my master's, and then started to pursue a coaching career. Whoa, Coach, you just blew through about 12 years there. Let's let's take it. So James Madison, we're, we're recording this in Baltimore, mm-hmm. which is right down the street from Morgan State. Mm-hmm. But you said James Madison. That's not in Baltimore, right? No, that's, that's in Brooklyn, New York. So I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I'm from Flatbush. Uh, James Madison is, uh, I wouldn't say in the heart of Brooklyn, but it's near – Abraham Lincoln, where Sebastian Telfair and Stephon Marbury and Lance Stevenson and those guys went to high school, and they were kind of one of our rivals. So, um, you know, I got to Madison in 02. I graduated in 2006. Um, I honestly didn't really know much about the AAU circuit. Um, I played one summer, and I actually verbaled to Syracuse. Oh, nice. And unfortunately, uh, they only saw me one time, and when it came down to signing, they had an opportunity to get an All-American, and it was just like, you know, we saw Tiny once, but we know she's an All-American, and they kind of snatched the scholarship back. But they were good friends with the Morgan staff, so they said, you know, they saw you also. They were interested, but, you know, once you verbally commit, a lot of schools back off. So, you know, they, they put me in contact with them. I came down on an unofficial visit, had family in Bowie, had no other options, and, you know, it was a great fit for me, and I think it turned out pretty well for me. I mean, <laughs> I think so. So that's a pretty good experience. I mean, yeah. Syracuse, they did the right thing. They, mm-hmm. they they had someone they wanted, but they said, you know, 
Miss Adams can still play. Mm-hmm. She, she needs this opportunity. So they reached out to the Morgan. And did, did you get it? Was there scholarships involved at Morgan? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I went to Morgan on a full ride. Um, I was able to also make the dean list, which is important as a student athlete. Absolutely. You know? So I graduated uh, cum laude, 3.5. Um, what was your major? Phys ed, K-12. Nice. So I nice. taught for a little bit, and then um, I was able to go overseas for seven years, and I came back and got my master's in journalism, and then now, you know, I'm coaching. <laughs> way, to, way to stay focused. Where'd you get your master's, coach? Morgan State. Morgan State. Hello. <laughs> yep, yep. Did yep. you coach at Morgan, too? Is there... So initially, when I came back, you know, when you graduate college or you finish playing basketball, it's kind of like, you know, what do I want to do next? So... Um, at the time, there were some positions open at Morgan that I probably had no business applying to. But the athletic director at the time was new, so he didn't really know me from my playing years. But a lot of people came to him like, you need to hire a tiny. Like, she can mentor the student athlete. She can do this. But one thing I couldn't do was the actual position they wanted me to apply to. So for him, you know, we met and, you know, we got to know each other. And he actually created a position for me called um, an academic mentor. So I would serve as a support staff with the student athletes, so doing study halls, uh, class checks, uh, tutoring services, all of that type of stuff. But he also wanted me to be hands-on with them, you know, on the court. So it was like, you know, you can mentor them in a classroom and as players and and see where it goes. So, um, you know, 9 to 5, I did the academic mentor, and then, you know, 5 and, you know, the after hours we would be in the gym. So I would work closely with both the girls and the boys, and then – I got with Sam Brand at Poly, and he was like, you know, Coach Tiny, I worked with you when you were a player. I need you to work with my guards. So I started working at Poly, and, you know, the players at Poly, Justin Lewis, Raheem Ali, those guys that moved on to play D1 basketball, they really had a passion for the game, which matched minds. So I started to really work closely with, you know, male basketball players. And at the time, there were no females coaching men so me I like to do a lot of things that other people haven't done so I'm thinking you know let's go for it so at that point you know I put a three to five year plan in place where it's just strictly networking and making sure that I pass the eye test so it's like all right if somebody sees my resume there's no way they can't at least give me an interview and I feel like I'm a very personable person and I've achieved a lot to the point where I think in that interview I can win it so um, you know, I began officiating. I still worked with Polly. Um, I also coached them in fall leagues. Um, a lot of times in the preseason, the head coaches can't conduct the workouts. So when the D1 coaches come, I'm the one running the workouts, which is another opportunity to network. Um, I went to the Final Four. I went to multiple conferences. And another thing I like to do is when I go to those things and those sessions, I ask a question at the end to where I introduce myself, I let everyone know what I want to do, and then I just ask a question just to make sure all eyes are on me. And then when it's over, it's like, you know what, Tiny, like if there's anything I could do to help you or, you know, keep striving, like you'll be able to do this. That was another one of my networking tricks. And then uh, for me, I also learned through a conference that people really like handwritten notes. So I would just send handwritten notes to schools two hours away and look to attend their practices. And I attended a few, but... End of the day, um, it all kind of worked out for me as a, a, a good route for me to get the position I'm in now. So, um, you know, for me, I, I wanted to stay around the game after I played, and coaching is definitely a great opportunity to do so. So I'm definitely grateful. So you talked about the job at Morgan involved a lot of mentoring of the kids because most of the kids that are coming to college to play basketball are, are coming away from home. Mm-hmm. Some, many times, most of the time, probably for the first time, you know, any significant amount of time, they might have done some summer camps or something like that. But when you leave in August, September, and 
it's likely you're not going home at least until Thanksgiving, probably Christmas, maybe even not in, during the season. In June, you're not going yeah. home. You're you're there. You probably so, get spring break if y'all don't go deep into playoffs or something like that. So, the mentoring piece is huge. Do yeah. you find a lot of colleges did that? Did you have a mentor at Morgan when you were a player? So honestly, I had my coaches. But I didn't have anyone closer in age with me. And for me, I think that was something I lacked throughout most of my career, which is why I'm so big on it now. So a lot of the things I learned, I learned through mistakes as opposed to a bigger sister or an older person saying, look, this is how you do it. This is what I did and it didn't work out. You know, take you know note of my mistakes and learn from them. So I didn't have that. So for me... You know, I did a lot of the things they wanted to do. I mean, I broke a lot of records at Morgan. I played professionally, and I excelled in the classroom. So I had the respect of them to the point where I could say, hey, look, like, I know this is hard, but if this is really what your goals are, this is the way you have to do it. And, you know, for me, that was kind of also one of the reasons I wrote the book that I did write about my life because I figured, okay, I can talk to the people I'm around, but maybe this book can reach somebody further away and, and help give them kind of sort of the cheat code of how to be a student athlete and how to be a professional basketball player. So, um, you know, for me, I'm very passionate about giving back and helping the youth and the next generation just be successful. It doesn't always have to be in basketball, but I feel like my life is also kind of a – a symbol of just persevering and understanding that, you know, you can achieve almost anything if you prepare and plan your goals and just never give up. So that's kind of how I try to mentor and serve as that, you know, positive role model in a lot of people's lives. So thanks for that segue, bringing up your book. I read your book. I love your tinyisms. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we won't give out too many because we want them to go. But what is the book called again? What's the title of the book? Tiny Setbacks, Major Comebacks uh, from Brooklyn to Europe. I love uh, it. I got to uh, start writing the second one now that I kind of achieved my ultimate dream. But yeah, let, um, Let's keep the overachieving going. Right, so there's right, also right. the T3 yes. and the TA9. Can you tell me a little bit about those two? So probably after my fourth year of playing professionally, I was just looking for sponsorships and endorsements. I really just wanted free gear from people. But um, I actually wrote the book first. And one of my great marketing plans were to shoot a, a little documentary and kind of get people excited enough to want to read the book. Because at that time, people weren't really interested in reading that much. So I'm like, OK, let me create a short documentary series to where people can watch these one or two minute clips and be like, OK, I wonder what happens next. Let me get the book. Um, in doing so, I decided to create a logo and wear it in the series. Right. So the main motivation was to get people to buy the book. Okay. So I post these series and these two-minute clips, and the only thing everybody's worried about is, where can I get a shirt? <laughs> and I'm just like, I have no shirts, but I have books. <laughs> you know? So at that point, it's like, all right, at this point, 80 to 100 people have asked for shirts. Let me just do one batch. So I do one batch, and I allow them to pick their colors and all of that good stuff. So now we have... 70 to 80 people with TA9 shirts, not the point at all. So I'm like, okay, let me make a package. If you buy a shirt, the book is half price. You know, so now I'm packaging books and shirts and people are sharing it on social media. So now you get a shirt and a book and you post it, your followers want one. And now it's just trickling down. And at, you know, the next order is like 275. And I'm just like, yo. I don't. I didn't want a power brand. <laughs> I wanted to be an author, you know. So I'm like, okay, well, 
let me get the people what they want. So I get a, a, the I get a LLC. Yeah, so yeah. TA9 LLC. And, you know, I look back on all of the companies I wrote just to get their free shirts and gear. But now I'm literally putting my logo on everything. Water bottles, That's stickers, awesome. and those type of things. And then the year after that, um, like I spoke about, you know, my passion for mentoring. Three, three of us, so two friends of mine, Renee Taylor... Uh, and Soweto Edwards, we wanted to kind of elevate girls basketball in New York City. So from my era, you know, you had West 4th, Rucker Park, and, you know, we had a lot of WNBA players. We had the college players coming back to play. We felt like it was dying down. So we wanted to kind of elevate starting with the younger girls so that by the time they get older, they can play more competitive basketball. So we created T3 Sports, which is a nonprofit organization geared towards just empowering young women in our communities. Um, most recently, for this last year, I actually started a nonprofit here in Baltimore called Leader Breeders, and that's more so to implement change in the inner city for the youth in Baltimore. So that's all. That's both men and women. Got it. Girls and boys. Uh, in New York, T3 is just focusing on the girls. But here, um, ultimately, what we want to have is a youth development center. So we want to be able to, if I'm driving down the road and there's a squeegee boy and I'm like, you know, how old are you? 16, what do you want to do? I want my own car wash. All right, come down to the center. Let's figure out the steps to help you figure out what you want to do. I'm coaching at Loyola. A little kid comes to me, hey, I want to play basketball, um, but I'm not good at all. Okay, how old are you? Nine. Come down to the center. We'll get you some training sessions. So whatever it is they're interested in, we want them to be able to come to, you know, the Leader Breeders Center and figure out the career path and how to kind of, you know, make that a reality as opposed to just, thinking and dreaming it. I mean, I think a lot of times exposure is really just the missing link to kind of help our youth figure out what it is they want to do. I mean, they they only know what they see. So I know Melo, you know, I know so-and-so. I know the guy working at Nacho Bangers, but I don't know that, you know, Loyola's the Patriot League champions in lacrosse. I've never played lacrosse because I've never seen a lacrosse. But, you know, in Maryland, lacrosse is a great sport. Same thing with volleyball. But if you're not exposed to it, how would you know? So Knowledge that's just really, power. Right. So for us, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Well, we did a homeless drive on Thanksgiving where we're just giving out uh, tents, food, oh, wow. coats, water. Uh, we have little travel kits that has the toiletries in it that, you know, you may need on an everyday basis. And then in December, we're planning to do a coat drive for all ages. So um, we served about 25 of the homeless population on Thanksgiving. So our goal is to give away at least 50 coats in December. And then we have our first big fundraiser coming up in February, which is just a sneaker ball. So you put your great outfits on, your gowns, your dresses, your tuxedos. And my dunks. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and we want to try to raise money so that we can start you know, putting things in place to try to find a space for the facility and understand the logistics of that and just really try to get things up and running. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you stay you. you stay busy, Coach. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. But I think also, which is something that most student athletes need to learn early, is time management. So I'm really good at that where, you know, almost every hour is accounted for my day, even if it's for a nap. Like, I know from this time to this time I'm napping. From this time I have to go do a podcast. Yep. Then I have practice. Then I have to finish a scout. Then it's the next day. So I think time management has been key for me since being a student athlete. And um, at this point, I'm a very routine person, and I'm used to it. Are you a planner, Coach? Yes, big planner. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of hard because I'm also trying to be spontaneous sometimes. So it's like 
like yesterday, my friend said, "Hey, I want to do a friend giving tomorrow." Like, okay, do a friend's giving, but I wish we could have planned for it in a week, you know. So I'm working on being a little bit more spontaneous, but yes, I'm a big planner. All right, coach, we're going to take a little break right here. Uh, we'll be right back with Coach Tiny Adams from Loyola. This is the AC Sports Report, and this is your host, John Miller. All right, we're back with Coach Tiny Adams from Loyola University's men's basketball team. Thanks again. I can't believe you took the time out of the season to, to find this old building where the studio is. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. So we talked a lot about you, and I can't believe how busy you are. That's, that's impressive. Uh, no dust on Coach Adams, that's for sure. But right now, you're probably knee-deep in Loyola's Patriot League. Have you, ha- have you had any games yet? So we're in a non-conference right now. So unfortunately, we're one in four. But we're kind of picking up and learning. We have about six or seven new guys who are freshmen, and they're just trying to pick up what college basketball really is. So, unfortunately, we're one and four. We have a game tomorrow against Elizabethtown, so that'll give us some time to kind of tighten some things up. Um, Conference play starts January 1st, first day of the year. So we're hoping to fine-tune everything by then and and start to get rolling. I mean, last year we kind of did the same thing. We started over Rocky, and we ended up in a championship. So... It's all about, you know, learning from your mistakes and and just trying to do your best every game. So this podcast is geared towards middle high school students, their parents. It's a a youth podcast, and hopefully there's some kids and parents listening that think maybe they want to play college-level basketball, whether it's D1-2, junior college, JUCO, CCBCS coach was here. So there's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people listening. So the question is, what what is the day like? What is a, What is a typical Monday for a Loyola University basketball player during the season? So during the season, they have a lot of obligations. So you have weights. So Monday, I'll take you through it. So Monday, they may get up 8 o'clock, may have a 9 o'clock class. Then they'll probably have an 11 o'clock and a 12 o'clock. They'll go eat lunch, and then we'll have practice at 2.30. So most of the time, most of the guys get there around 2 to get some extra shots of it, some work, and to really warm up before the game. Um, If we have a game Tuesday, practice at 2.30, we'll start with film, and then we'll get into practice. And then practice will usually go for an hour and a half or two hours, and then they'll go to weights. After weights, then they'll go eat. After they eat, they have to go to their room and – figure their life out a little bit (laughs) and kind of you know get some downtime but then there's also homework and study that needs to take place some of our guys may have a night class so they may have that all of those things throughout the day and then they have to try to stay awake and focus for a night class and then you hope that they go to sleep at a decent hour and do it all over again on Tuesday. (laughs) So Loyola is a pretty stringent academic institution they don't they don't play around with the academics yes books important there yes very important um you need at least a 3.0 to get in in regards to playing on the team um if not then you can probably use your sat and act score to kind of complement it and you know balance it out but for the most part if you have a 3.0 or higher you're pretty good but um a very you know rigorous academic environment um you know for us that's a part of our culture as a team we look for players who are, you know, athletically solid, but also in the classroom, but also as leaders and being able to be involved in both the Loyola community and the Baltimore community. So I think before the show, you mentioned that you have something to do with recruiting at Loyola. You go out there and take a look at kids. Yes. Yeah, so right now I've been entitled the director of recruitment, which means I'm probably 
the go-to in regards to finding players that fit our style of play, fit our mission, and fit our culture. Um, you know, right now we're working with one scholarship and we're looking for, you know, someone that's 6'6 six, six or taller who can do a little bit of everything. Um, it's very hard to play within our style and system if you can't shoot, pass, and dribble. So that's kind of the minimum requirements. Um, it's kind of hard if you're lacking one of them just because we, we play a up-tempo Princeton style, you know, so it's a lot of cutting, a lot of ball screens, a lot of ball handling for everyone. It's not just a point guard. We don't even use those terms. Uh, we use lead guard, wing guard, and point. Point is actually our center. So oh. we kind of do things a little bit differently. But um, if you're able to score, pass, play defense, you know, those type of things, then you'll be a good fit for us. But um, for me, you know, typically I'm just, you know, keeping a radar on the players in DMV, um, also the players in New York and where our other uh, connections are. Um, we also have a solid international recruiting uh, we have uh, our coach, Coach Evo, he's from Serbia, so he has a lot of international recruiting ties. So we have right now five European players. Then we have some guys from the DMV. So we have a very diverse staff as well as a diverse team. So you're saying you have one more scholarship opportunity for next year's freshman class yes. at Loyola. So if there's a kid out there listening right now, yes, and uh, if he's a senior, so whatever he did with his grades – He's probably not going to change it in the next couple of weeks. Right. And months. also, you know, with that, we only look at the first three years. So we don't even really consider, you know, your senior grades. Of right. course, they have to be good. But when it comes down to seeing if you're in that 3.0 threshold or right. whatever the case may be, it's based off of your freshman, sophomore, and junior year. So if he has a 3.0, is, is it a situation where the kid reaches out or does usually the coach so, or do you go through a recruiting agency? It's a little bit of both. We don't use the agencies. Um, we actually signed our point guard now freshman Chris Kazemka he actually reached out to us via email and we checked them so we have a system to where we all check the emails that come through there's a lot of them but we do get to them and he actually reached out um around July of last year and you know we watched the film we asked around about him you know we went to try to see him live and we thought he would be a good fit and we signed him you know also like Dion we seen Dion play Dion Perry from Mount Carmel we seen him play at the DMV Live, we've seen him average 31 points. We've seen him command the floor, and we offered him, and he committed. So it's a mixture of both. Um, so Dion's committed to Loyola next year? Yes. Nice. Yes, yes. So shout-out to Dion. Um, we're open to, you know, every opportunity to recruit. It's just a matter of recognizing and evaluating if you're the right fit. And how about that kid? So maybe – a, a junior or a sophomore or someone who's not ready to pick a college or commit or something like that, would you have, what should that kid be working on? I mean, I hear a lot about grades and 3.0. So it's a solid B average. Yeah. So grades make everything easier. So if you can be the greatest talent ever in this area for this class, but if you don't have the grades or the minimum amount of grades to get into a school, you won't be able to accept that scholarship because there's a certain amount of core credits that you have to have which is something known as the NCAA Clearinghouse. So if you don't pass that, no school can bring you on in a sense of accepting that scholarship. So you have to take a certain amount of classes. You have to get a certain grade in those classes. And then, like I said, right now they've waived the SAT and the ACT scores, but sometimes people may need that to complement it and get them to where they need to be. But if you just have decent grades, you have that 3.0, that makes things a lot 
easier for you in a sense that you'll have more options. You don't want to be limited. Because options are good. For sure. Because, I mean, with a 2.3, you can't get into Loyola, but you may be able to get into other schools. But, I mean, it's kind of hard when you got to pick and choose and figure out where you can go. If you're just making sure you're good from the jump, that gives you more options. But, you know, off the court, I think it's just, you know, we look at a lot of other things just outside of talent, you know, body language. Um, are you a good teammate? You know, when you're doing well or when you're doing bad, how are you in regards to the rest of your teammates? Are you coachable? Are you able to be talked to? Are you able to be spoken to? Um, are you vocal on the court? How is your energy? Do you go hard all the time? Like those things matter just as much as if you can shoot a three, if you can pass the ball, if you can handle the ball. So it's a collective, um, you know, sort of, you know, attributes that we look at. Yeah, you can't get those intangibles from a highlight reel. No, you got to see from live. A, or it's from hard. a report card. Like, you know, I got to Loyola last October, so everything was on film, yeah. which made it tough to kind of really evaluate players because also, you know, what people have to also understand is no one is going to get a scholarship off a highlight tape, but the highlight tape can intrigue you to want to watch the full game. So if you think about it, we get on average 30 emails a day. So we'll watch the highlights to see if we want to take it a step further and evaluate them in the full film. But the preference is to see you live, right. you know. So, like, you know, just being out there live, you see a lot of different things. You can see reactions. You can see body language a little better, you know. You can see do you get back on D. Um, are you slouched in the halftime, like, you know, not really caring about anymore. Are you sitting on the end of the bench? You know, it's just a lot of other things that I like to evaluate. Sure in person that's kind of hard to see on the video coach i want to thank you if somebody wanted to reach out to you if they wanted to follow you on instagram is there a handle is there an email you want to share with the world so on instagram you can follow me at coach underscore ta9 um my email address is cr adams at loyola.edu um i pretty much answer everyone Whenever I can. You answered me. For sure. So, you know. You didn't know me at all. Not at all. You know, people reach out for advice. Um, You know, I also help young females get overseas. So they reach out for advice. You know, players reach out to see if they can come to Loyola or just questions. I I ask them, you know, what are your aspirations? So I communicate with everyone. Um, So if you can hit me on Instagram or via email, you know, I'll, I'll respond at some point and, you know, we can have dialogue about whatever it is. Last word, Coach. If you had a piece of advice that you could give a up-and-coming student athlete, someone a uh, sophomore or junior, maybe someone in middle school that really likes basketball, what would you tell them to do? I would tell them to, it sounds cliche, but you got to work hard. Um, but also find a mentor that's doing something that you would like to do. So if you want to play college basketball, I would seek out somebody from your area or your neighborhood that has played college basketball. If you want to play professionally, the same thing. If there's someone who played and didn't go on to play professionally and say they're a trainer and you want to be a trainer, you know, try to look for guidance in regards to the things you want to do. Um, I think it's best to learn from other people's mistakes than to make your own. Uh, you know, it's best to kind of save you that heartache. But at the end of the day, you can't do anything without working hard. Nice words, Coach. Thanks again. You've been listening to the AC Sports Report. 
As you know, there's a massive scene of youth sports in the DMV, and it's our passion to cover it all. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.alstoncarlisle.com. Till next time, this has been the AC Sports Report.